This podcast is produced by To The Moon Creative, located in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Whether you're an established or a new podcaster, To The Moon Creative offers the highest quality audio and HD multi-camera video podcasts. And if you already record your own podcasts, to the Moon Creative also offers affordable audio and video editing services with guaranteed fast turnaround time. For more information, find us online at www.ttmcreative.com. At To The Moon Creative, we do more than just get your podcast off the ground. We help you take it to the moon. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Model Connection. I would like to take this opportunity to uh, welcome back a photographer that I've had on the earlier show. I had such a very favorable response to that podcast that I thought, I've got to have this guy back on here. He and I had just great chemistry on, on the episode, and we did not get done talking about what we wanted to talk about. So let's do this a second time. Tim Temple, how are you doing, sir? I'm great. Thank you for having me back. By thank the way. you for coming was, back. Uh, there was, you. You're right. I mean, the, the response was, uh, was was really cool. So thank you for everybody that uh, that hit me up uh, from the, the the other episode, and uh, your feedback's been great. And uh, right. by the way, I want to compliment you on the program that you're building because obviously uh from you know from from episode to episode you're you're clearly seeing the the ramp and um i think that's great i think it's healthy we're, we're seeing this this art community the photography the models that are really building here in the nashville market it's thank you tim yes, awesome. I, thank you tim i am gaining more viewers on, on a daily basis and you do not believe how good it makes me feel that people are tuning in listening to the uh, audio version. They are watching the videos. They are commenting. Yes, it's really taking off, and I'm, I'm proud of it. You should be. I'm proud of it. I mean, it's like uh, I think I even mentioned this to the, in the, the, the last time we spoke, which was that uh, I've heard over the years, I'm sure you have too, a lot of people that, that will sit around and go, you know, we should really build this, something, you know, we should do something. They don't. And you did. Uh, you're building this podcast is specific to the Nashville market, and where it works, you see this expanding out, and the interest is growing. And I think, I can't even say think, I mean, we know from the responses that you're, you're seeing that they, like, like new models are coming in, new shooters are coming in, and, and the guys that are, that are seasoned are, are reaching out and are helping the newbies, and it's a, it's a cool thing. So right. thanks for putting you know what you do together, man. I just wanted to try something different, uh, taking a, a, a dart a dartboard, throw darts at it, see what would stick, and I think this is actually going to work. God, God help me sometimes, Good. but I, I think it's actually going to work. Um. What I wanted to do was to actually promote you as a photographer to the young model, the new model that has only been working six months less, even to the experienced model. And you've brought some images this time that uh, I would like to go over with and we'll talk about them and we'll we just see what we like, what we don't like about them, okay? So if we can pull up the first images right now, I love this image because even though you've got that stairwell, the staircase, the stairs in the background, you can still keep the model as the main focus. 
Me personally, that everybody's got an opinion. I like the image. To me, I don't know if I would have put the tree on the right hand side, but that's all also considered framing. Okay, exactly. And so I, I will d- defend why I, yes. I put the tree over Please there. Please do. Please um, do. And, and by the way, as, as we get into this, we have a Cisco uh, and. and, and we have a Cisco and an Ebert type moment, sure. okay? <laughs> Just bounce, bounce some stuff around. Right, exactly right. Um, and you're, you're, by the way, you're, you're exactly uh, right. It was a framing choice. Yes, um, yes. Which is why uh, when I process a lot of images, I like to use black ink. Right. I've always found it interesting. I don't know why it is due. And so there's a, I actually emphasize the black ink in the section that has the, the tree. So what I'm basically doing is taking where I wanted to do the saturated color and I'm reducing that on, on purpose and drawing it back to the model. Um, a lot of shooters have different styles, obviously, which is, the, I think, part of the magic of, of being a shooter, being a photographer, and being mm-hmm. a model for that matter. Right. And right. so I'm a believer. Um, and again, about the when I almost hesitate to use rules because to me rules are made to be broken. Um, I don't think there's a hard and set rule for anything in art, really. Um, with that said, I very rarely put the star of my image in the middle. Wow! I don't like that. I think that that's. I find that sterile, for lack of a better word. Um, I know a lot of shooters will strongly disagree and it, it, that they are the center of attention, therefore they got to be in the center of the photo. And indeed, I've certainly shot some things that are. But she, you notice here, um, she's off-center. In fact, right. she's not only off-center, she's also, in this case, I wanted to, uh, when I actually processed this image, um, believe it or not, I focused on her, uh, her eyes because this was shot at very high definition. So... I actually have the eyes constructed to where they are, if you draw a tic-tac-toe image, they're on one of the intersections. Right, right. So that's that's uh, how I got to that that balance. And when I was setting this up, um, I liked the tree because it would contrast against the, uh, the sunbeams that were coming through. Um, again, to, to kind of set up what we're going to look at here for the next few minutes, I'm a natural light shooter right right um therefore you're not going to see some of the flash effects that some of you are looking for and some of you like and some of you uh don't like uh i prefer natural light and this is a great image to talk about in regards to natural light i prefer natural light because i find it to be the most interesting and the most beautiful of all Mm -hmm. light Mm -hmm. Uh, that's me again i know that some people are going to strongly say yes but the flash can do whatever well Let's take fill light as an example. Uh, one of the reasons that I encourage shooters to, sh- and I know most of you do, but if you don't, you be, should be shooting in RAW, uh, R-A-W, is that it captures so much information that I'm able to go in uh, later. And by the way, I am not a Lightroom user at all. <laughs> um, and I'll even tell you why. Uh, Lightroom, you can't open an image. You have, for whatever reason... You have to open 300 images. I've never understood that. Whatever library that they force you to create. Yeah. You think, but I, I only want this one. Well, we don't care. You have to open. So I just got <laughs> oh, out of Lightroom. No. Oh, no. Because in Photoshop, you can just open an image. So I like that. So I go through um, in my preview software, and I, I narrow it down, and then I open it up. So anyway, um, because you're shooting in RAW, you can actually create fills and what would be the flesh. However... 
in lieu of a flash, I'm actually either exaggerating or de-exaggerating, if that's such a word, uh, or de-emphasizing, I guess is a better way to say it, the natural light that's there. Right. So yes. I just d developed that technique, for better or worse, over the years. Again, I never went to school for this. I'm very much self-taught. <laughs> self-taught. You know, it's a school of hard knocks, I guess. I made a ton of mistakes. I make mistakes all the time. I think that's something that artists... Uh, don't we, could, yeah. <laughs> Don't we well, all? Yeah. Well, yes, but I I think that um, when you when you've reached a certain uh, like number of years or whatever in yes. whatever craft you, that you pursue, that uh, people are hoping that you make fewer, and I suppose that is true. But I have found that uh, I uh, that happy accidents are a wonderful thing. Hey, Don Ross. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, one of our, our, our great uh, uh, leaders, if you will. Um, you know, this one, case in point, where you have the, the sun moving from right to left. Yes. That was something I found in post. Okay, now, uh, jog your memory. Yeah. Uh, do you remember where that shot was taken at? That's in Percy Warner, which is in the Nashville area. Percy Warner, that is a great background. Yeah, it is. Um, I was able to, uh, and by the way, this is shot with a telephoto lens, which is something that's a lot of people shy away from, I find, in uh, in portraiture. Um which I understand, I know it does compress and so on. But in this case, that's actually the feeling that I, I wanted uh, because uh, for those of you who don't know, you can also throw a, a background out of focus easier yes. in a telephoto. So yes. that, that's why I went. It was shot for the record with a uh, uh, Nikon uh, 300 millimeter. Okay. Uh, so yes. he throws the background out. And uh, what I did was is I just went into a, a micro focus, and that's something that uh, – you can ask any model that's ever worked with me. I am always going like, give me a minute. I'm setting the focus up because <laughs> I have found that if you'll just take a few seconds and instead of trusting your autofocus, if you'll just go and manually pick what you want to be razor, razor sharp, which in this image was, uh, believe it or not, her eyes. Wow. I was able to do that. And then in post, it just saves me a lot of sharpening which obviously you get into the pixelization stuff and i don't want to get into all the tech necessarily but i found that the leading lines of those stairs were, were pretty cool and obviously the the leaves right all got leaves, all, exactly yes. where you've got yes. that magical week and it just uh it just yes. happened um this shot by the way um i constructed this shot but the concept is her idea uh, mm. she came to me and said i i want to do this thing with a dress and a flowing gown and uh, she was kind of laying it down. I said, I know where we can do that because I'd shot it personally yeah. one before. Mm -hmm. And I wanted that whole flowing stair. What I didn't realize at the time was to the extent of the falling leaves. Yes. So we get out there and all of a sudden I, I, uh, I know what we need to do. So I set it up and, you know, just walk up. And I was looking through the, the camera to put it be on that stair and then just play straight back into the lens. Mm -hmm. And that, that's what happened. So that's the story on that. A very good shot, Tim. A Thank you, man. Shot. I appreciate that. Thank okay, you. let's see the next one here. Again, the things that, you know, for better or worse, how I come up with ideas. Uh, and I want to uh, credit uh, uh, Tierra happens to be the model in this, uh, Tierra Hernandez. And uh, she's in the Nashville area. And for uh, shooters out there, if uh, she is imaginative and just a great personality. And the camera loves her. And it, it's, it's really cool. Um, she is not the girl on the stairs, by the way, to be clear, but she, she's obviously here in the, uh, in the grayscale. Now, what she wanted to do is, um, because she has the multicolored, uh, finishes in the hair, she wanted to do uh, something that, that highlighted that. Right. So what she actually did was 
she's completely laying down across a fallen log mm-hmm. in the woods. And in post-production, not only did I see that as grayscale, I just thought, oh, it happened if you flip it 90 degrees. And so that's the print that I yes. use. So the hair is actually being pulled by gravity. And I, I tend to shoot, I can't say I tend to shoot, it's not, you know, a lot of times I won't spin or use anything like this. But in this instance, I just found it more interesting, what if the hair defied gravity? Right, right. And that's how this exact look uh, came along. And again, it's uh, something that I have found as a shooter is that if you can get your model to come up with the ideas are almost invariably better than mine Mm -hmm. because they really know this is going to make me shine. This is my fortes. This is something I want to do achieve. And if I'm able to capture that, then everybody wins. They should know. Yeah. Well, they should. True. They should know. Yes. Well, uh, Tierra does. And, uh, so, uh, shooters in the audience, you should, uh, Reach out. She's on uh, Facebook or whatever. I hope she doesn't mind me doing this. I don't think so, but she's uh, very cool and a, and a wonderful model. So that, that's the story uh, behind that, but it's uh, certainly my uh, one of my uh, forays into uh, grayscale, which I I admire very much. I love grayscale. On the black and white images, if, okay, now let's back up just a second here. On the black and white images, the arms, how do we keep from actually blowing those arms out so you so you lose any definition? To avoid blowing them out? Yes. Um, sure. I'm, I'm happy to uh, to speak to it. I'll, I'll, I'll put this. I'll tell you how I do it. Okay, okay. Um, there's a great quote. I, I'm happy to credit this. Uh, uh, Robert De Niro says it in the movie Casino, um, where he's in one of his uh, big monologues yelling at somebody in his office. And he goes, there's the right way, the wrong way, and the way I do things. <laughs> and I thought, I'm totally stealing that because that's how I shoot. It is like, a, I just, all right. So to answer your question, which is a great question, how do you avoid it? What I do is I'm a big believer in histograms on site, not in post. Well, post, yes, of course, but. Um, I'm not going to get into what a histogram is right now, but I'm assuming that if you have a digital camera, you've uh, come across that. Oh, yes, you've had to use it every and, now and then. Uh, so what I do is I set up the exposure, again, depending on subject. In this instance, let's take this shot. I set up the exposure so that nothing burned because I'm shooting raw. Remember I talked earlier about, you know, raw is important, at least to me, the way I shoot. So I knew I had the digital information if I avoided blowing out anything. So I just kept everything off of the right-hand wall. Then it had data in it right. that I could correct anything I wanted later. So that's how I avoided it. Now, if someone else may have a, you know, well, the correct way to do it, is, well, then good for you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, do what I way. <laughs> do is I just make sure there's data. Now, of course, as you, obviously, because you're a shooter, um, there are times where I do want to blow it out. Yeah, I, I want that hard white when yes. I get in, in the right. post already done for me. Right. In this shot, plus it was actually done in a not just a wooded area. We were in the woods, so it wasn't like I had a ton of light. So it was this interesting balance uh, where I, I needed to gather the information while at the same time don't blow anything out while you're you know trying to get into the shadows. Exactly right. Yes, and yes. Uh, that's how I did it. And then in post, I started, you know, because obviously you've got all the little gadgets, so you can like, I can push a little bit here, I can pull out some detail there, and yeah, um, yeah. So uh, you know, some Photoshop magic, and there you go. I, I should point out, by the way, that uh, when I say Photoshop magic in this particular instance, uh, I didn't. I mean, there isn't any uh, manipulation 
of, mm-hmm. of her. It's, I'm talking about bringing out different tones or, or uh, pushing them back into the shot. And so right, right. Very good shot, Tim. Very good shot. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Okay, let's hit the next one now. By the way, the, I will, the, the leaf was a happy accident. <laughs> happy accident. Yeah, that wasn't planned. It just was there. <laughs> This is one. This is another uh, uh, great model, by the way, uh, you shooters out there. Uh, Morgan Kurtz. Uh, she lives out uh, closer to the uh, Memphis area. Um, fantastic look, as you can see. But uh, one of just an absolute sweetheart and has ideas and is creative and is very outspoken and uh, just a pleasure to work with. I actually threw this into the mix because this is something – because I'm such a big believer in having fun in post-production. Um, and the way I, and again, right way, wrong way, way I do things. Right. <laughs> I don't approach any two pictures the same. I, I do not, and I know a lot of guys do, and it is the more practical, let me be very clear, the most practical thing you can do is once you've decided this is the look I want is you actually have a template. Some go as far as to create macros. It will just do whatever it is you do, and you do it over and over and over and over and over, and you get that exact look every time Mm -hmm. because the computer does the exact same. I don't do that. I start with the raw image, and then I go, what does this thing do? And then I I just look for ideas. This one I brought up because I thought it would be fun to create her on old paper. Yes. So if you'll notice, obviously, there's cracks running right. through it. There's where it's been folded. Uh-huh. All of that I created in, in of course, post-production. Um, the whole concept was there was a bunch of old cars that were gathered in front of a store uh, out near Memphis. And it was a hot rod, uh, kind of a small hot rod yeah. gathering. And uh-huh. Morgan and I uh, have shot together on and off probably for two years or so. And so she gave me heads up, you know, this thing's going on. And I just drove out there and, uh, and uh, you know, she's climbed into this truck. And that's what happened. That and, is a uh, very cool shot. Yeah, it's cool it, it, great. And, you know, to- kudos to, uh, to her. I, I love working with her. And just to have the ability later to say, you know, but what, what if this was like in a 1960s film uh, kind of a finish, and, and mm-hmm. it was really old, and you know, it was in somebody's collection, and that, that's how I approached it. That is a very good shot. I love her look, her her facial look. She's got the outfit, the hair bow, the, uh, her top matches the hair bow. It just, it just honestly fits. Yeah, it fits. Yeah, and all of that is to be very clear. All of that is her. She creates the persona and the the outfits and and everything. It was all her vision going into this. A kudos to her. For sure. Great shot. Um, Morgan again. Hot Rod, yes. Um, Same day. Um, Switched out outfits, obviously. Now you know clearly she goes from the B pinup and moves into uh, contemporary. Yes, yes. And uh, this is shot, uh, she's standing behind a uh, very decorative, and I'm sorry, I'm not really a car guy, but uh, it's a hot rod. Yes. And I love the way that the backlighting was playing, so um, I wasn't, because everything is so chromed out, obviously the challenge, as you can appreciate as a shooter, is you've got blazing chrome yes and dealing with her facing away from the sun and everything else right, so yes. i wasn't afraid to lose d de- uh, decal it, i'm sorry it's what 
The intake in the carburetor. Okay. <laughs> it's good to learn new things. I, I am so woefully ignorant of cars. It's, it's embarrassing. So I thought that the juxtaposition of kind of this uh, almost like a Stonehenge-ish sort of a, of a look um, was kind of interesting. And then I just, if you'll notice, and I, I again, one of the rules is you never cut your picture exactly in half. Uh, this one I did on purpose. So the... Uh, the intake is basically the halfway point, and mm-hmm. I'm using the top half to to frame her, and then everything else just falls down into the, kind of this cacophony of the mechanics. Uh, Again, it's, it's all in how we envision the final image to look. Yes. How we want it to look, what we envision the final image to be in our minds. And you've done a very good job in doing that. Very good job. Very good image. It looks like she's got a uh, white wall tire uh, on the vehicle behind her. It could be a a classic um, car from the 50s, maybe. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. And it's got the big gangster white wall uh, sitting there in the back. And uh, I know a lot of shooters have different approaches on on this. But I can tell you how this particular image came about. Uh, In fact, this is one of the things that, if memory serves from the last episode uh, that uh, you and I did, uh, we have two very different styles when it comes to shooting, where you oh, shoot yes. relatively few frames. Yes, yes. Um, I, on the other hand, celebrate digital, and I will shoot hundreds of <laughs> frames because I just think it's the most wonderful thing to have later. So, again, this shot, uh, and uh, for those of you who, who can't see it, is first of all, it's grayscale, and I deliberately pushed some contrast. So there's a lot of beautiful deep black ink, and there's some really fiery whites that are going on. And uh, Morgan, who is a brunette, is uh, throwing her her head back, and she's basically uh, sitting on the ground next to this tire. So what I'm using is the tire with some of the curvature, bringing it up actually into a leading line uh, with her. But how I got this is I shot numerous images very fast, one behind the other, and I had her move in slow motion. And when I went through them later, I was just looking for that one image where it was that, in this case, it happens to be her laughing. Now, there's somewhere she was quite serious and so on. <laughs> so the whole, where we did this, I don't know, 20 seconds maybe, but I was looking for that magic one thing where the light converged and the and then with her. And also, it was also shot a little bit wider. We can talk maybe a little bit about uh, cropping. I don't think we've really discussed that. And I guess on a, uh, on a show with most models and shooters, we could uh, do that. Um, cropping, for example, uh, when we talked about the one where she's standing behind the, uh, the, the, the intake, right. um, that was actually shot in camera, uh, designed to be cut at, uh, in half with the, uh, the cowling. Um, this one, um, it was actually shot a little bit wider and I wanted to tighten it up because I wanted to do a, a little extra focus on the eyelashes is how I arrived at that. Great, um, great. Do you do, uh, in your work, do you use um, uh, vignettes at all? Uh, I started two years ago, but I, I never quite got the hang of it. Um, I think I've just not gotten the uh, practice that I need to really understand how to use them. So I just kind of put them yeah. on the shelf. Because I, I live with them. I, I just, once I discovered them, is, hey, look what this is. For those of you who don't know, a vignette is, uh, it can be throwing light instead of dark. I use them for dark. And basically what it does is it puts a, uh, a donut of shadow around a portion of the image that you assign. And, and I'm, that's very broad strokes. So it's basically what it is. And uh, when they were first invented, it was designed just to highlight the center of the image. And then all the surrounding, call it the edge of the image, would be increasingly dark. 
And now with the magic of digital and with the computers, you can adjust and move those. It's a lot more. And this shot, uh, for those of you who, who are, are uh, not just listening but can actually see it, um, one of the things here, the, one of the reasons that when you first bring this shot up, I can promise you almost all of you are immediately going to notice uh, the eye and then the, the ear, and then you're going to – because in this case, it's also kind of curvy, so you're going to see the bod and so on. But – I actually developed the light so that naturally the eye is going to hit at the at her eyes and then down through the hair first, and then it's going to expand out from there. And this all may happen in a millisecond, but I can promise you, uh, physiologically, it's almost always what's going to happen. Um, the the capture doesn't have that, but by manipulating the shadows going around the image, you can almost force the viewer, for lack of a better word, to have that initial experience. And then later, of course, they explore it on on their own. So um, you also, we, we've mentioned uh, prior where you, uh, how to bring constant focus or attention yes. to the subject. Yes, yes. Um, that's yes. one of the ways I force it. Uh, on the screen now, we've got a uh, close-up portrait of a uh, young lady. This one actually uh, was shot next to a waterfall. The whole uh, day was supposed to be a waterfall shoot, but this one, had, of course, had nothing to do with it. It's a, uh, uh, meaning the waterfall. Uh, it's uh, grayscale. And uh, she's got her hair, I believe it was a light auburn, but again, in, in grayscale, we're obviously seeing tones. And uh, she has uh, pulled that back uh, almost in like a slick down sort of a fashion to her left. And what when I was shooting her, something that really struck me was her eyes. She has very large, naturally just beautiful eyes and extraordinary complexion. Um, for those of you who can see this image, uh, a lot of you are thinking that I retouched the uh, complexion, and I did not. Wow. Uh, she, act, that's actually her. And she's, by the way, you, you talk about new models. This was her first shoot. She'd never shot before. Wow. Good shot. Thank you. I appreciate that. Good shot. Uh, this is Claire Cunningham. Some of you may know her in the uh, music industry. She has been uh, working in and around Nashville for a while. Uh, singer-songwriter out of Ireland. Wow. Actually, uh, lives full-time in Nashville now. And uh, uh, in addition to being a uh, great uh, singer, she's got this natural, fantastic, uh, just a nasty blues voice with natural gravel and just a great storyteller voice. It was fantastic. Um, she's also got the David Bowie eyes. She's got one green, one blue, which wow. you cannot see in the shot, by the way. Um, she's also got almost no body fat whatsoever because she's obsessed with working out. And so wow. she called me up one day. We actually met through uh, music, and then yeah. we ended up actually doing a lot more in photography than we did with the studio. But she called me up, and she had access to this gym, um, and she wanted to do some shots. So this is one of the few where – I technically can't say it's natural light because this was in a basement. So it was in some yeah. hotel. Right. But it's all the light that was there. I'm not using strobes or flashes. Right. We just had, you know, it's part of the challenge if you're going to shoot with an ambient or available light. It's <laughs> right. what's right. available, so we've got to make it work. So what was great about this one, uh, to me, is, a, again, a chance to use the black ink and, you know, black out a lot of the background and so on. Um, she wears a lot of ink, so you could tie that right, right. in. And... I like that the uh, the light that's over the top uh, just highlighted this natural, curly, blonde, 
Irish hair. It was just really cool. And of course, her, her muscle tone just popped. And, and this is a single source that's directly over her. You can see another one there a little bit in the uh, in the background. Yeah. Um, this will also, again, for those of you who, who can see this, you can see that it's angled. And this is something else that I, again, right way, wrong way, way I do things. <laughs> um, I don't like doing a lot of photos that are just exactly level or they're exactly 180 straight up and down that mm -hmm. that's me it's a style there's nothing wrong with doing it and in fact several of the images we have looked at in this episode i'm doing exactly that this one i just found it to be more interesting and this was done in camera i, I was just thinking like this i didn't rotate it later um i like doing leading lines that move in diagonals mm -hmm. so i just tilted it and I also liked it. It just makes her look like she's leaning more into the uh, – and for those – again, if you can't see this, uh, what Claire is doing is she's working out, uh, standing up, and she's working out on a uh, on a machine for uh, – I believe this is for uh, triceps. And uh, she's wearing uh, workout clothes uh, and shorts, and she wears a lot of tattoos. So this is all about, you know, like, tattoos down both arms and legs and so on. And so there's really a lot of uh, intense light over her, and then there's a lot of black and shadows in, in the background. And anyway, I thought that tilt just added a little bit more of an energy where she's, right. it gives the impression of leaning into the machinery. Right. So the concept, the idea for this shot, was that your idea or was it hers? It was neither. This was totally organic, the shoot, other than obviously I knew I would shoot. Claire, we knew yeah, each other, and right. she's going to be working out. That's all I knew. Right. And um, this is one where, you know, we obviously just had some machines. I was just get on that one and just see what happens. So I was just looking through the lens and said, okay, see what's working. We tilted it a little bit. And then, uh, if memory serves, I just had her pulled down. It would emphasize the, the tricep a little right. bit, just make it pop. And then we took a handful of shots, and that was it. You know what the hardest thing was? I just remember this. In this shot, which you as a shooter would appreciate, most other could not care less. The hardest part of this getting this shot was not blowing out her right sneaker. Because she's wearing white sneakers, and that one was right in that spotlight. Yes. And I actually, uh, we did a series, and then I quick checked the histogram. That's ah, not going to, because I went for, you know, it's just me. I, whatever reason, I wanted to save the detail in the sneaker. Most people wouldn't care. So I said, can you do that again? I'm just going to do like another five or six, and then, you know, uh, took a, a bigger, a, a faster a shutter. Right. But I saved it, you know, just. Just enough data in there to, to put a little detail in the sneaker. In photography, when I say blowing out, I'm talking about you have exposed the image so loud. In other words, you, you've uh, it's so bright that uh, anything white is literally pure white. There is no detail left in that whatsoever. Right. Um, and that's the thing, whether you're on, on doesn't matter if you're, at least in my experience, if you're on film or if you're on, uh, in my case, shooting digital, once you've crossed that barrier and you're literally shooting pure white and it blows out, there's no, what, what the camera is telling you is that there's no data in it. Right. Which means there is no detail to salvage because the camera never captured that right. detail for you to find later. Exactly right. And the way I shoot, is I want, I love options. Mm -hmm. I know there's another school of thought is you, you don't want options. You just, you have your, your, your image and your, your, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Your, your, your vision. And so you just go and get it. And I can't, I can't say I can't, I do sometimes shoot like that, but 
in this instance, coming back to the point, this white sneaker has this <laughs> bright spotlight is dead on it. And so I ended up having to do a second series because I just, by happenstance, I happened to say, oh, let's see, whoa, 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 hold on. I just already see that that speaker's going to, uh, the sneaker's blown out, meaning hugely overexposed, too bright. So um, she was very gracious and just let me do a second pass where we sped the shutter up a bit right. and saved it. You've got one in, in light, one in shadow, and you're right. That shoe is not blown out. You can actually see the actually see the shoelaces yeah it's just enough it's yeah, just, just it's enough. just there it's not the focal point right but when you start to explore the image if it if it's grabbed you right uh and this was actually shot with a uh, uh a series for the hotel uh in mind they're okay. going to end up using these for um like promotion for the gym right. and so on right and so not knowing really where where they were going to run with it that's another reason i wanted that that shoe to be saved just, yes. just in case. So that's yeah. So that's the story on that. All right, good story. Very colorful. Uh, that looks like probably a, a summertime image uh, in the park somewhere. Uh, looks like they get ready to have a a, a picnic summertime. Yeah, picnic. it's this very elaborate picnic. Um, the model is wearing a uh, a burgundy vest over a white uh you'd almost think of it and maybe it was i never thought to ask a a man's dress shirt it has cuffs with cuff links um almost uh i want to say british kind of looking if that makes any sense um she deliberately chose to exaggerate her eye makeup uh, in this particular shot, you don't see it a, really a lot, but she's not only got the big 60s blue going on, she's actually right. got some really hard yellows and golds that are loud that, that are in, a, in this particular shot. You don't. Um, her hair is pulled uh, back kind of in a loose sort of a, I guess, bun, for lack of a better word, but it's still very yes. uh, flowy and mm -hmm. loose, and and she and both hands are, are being brought up to uh, exaggerate that. Mm -hmm. um, it is... Uh, very late summer. Uh, this was actually, for those of you in the Nashville market, was also shot at Percy Warner um, because there's also a grove of, uh, of trees there that give you the background. However, despite how elaborate this is, and we're talking, uh, for those of you who can't see this shot, I'm literally talking, without exaggeration, silver multi-tiered <laughs> cake platters with uh, cupcakes, decorated cupcakes. There's very specific outlay of fruit and designs, and there's uh, crystal and decanters. And okay, a lot of thought went into the preparation of this photo. Let me tell you, except that it didn't. <laughs> That's the little story behind this image. I hope you guys get a chance to see it. We were shooting Percy Warner. This is. This is why I'm a natural light shooter, because I don't think you could have set up all the strobes and everything else. Okay. There was a family that was having this picnic. So it was their setup. <laughs> and then they all left. I don't know why. They abandoned it. So I told the model, don't touch anything. <laughs> In case they come back. I promise we didn't touch anything. I wish they didn't. <laughs> but just get behind. She already had the outfit. Yeah. And it just hit me. That, that, that ties in. So I said, I'm going to set up. You just get on the other side of that. Don't touch anything of theirs. 
And we knock down like 100 frames, just do this, do this. But this is the, the keeper that I like because, among other things, uh, you there's a, a little bit of a sun flare that's coming through the top of one of the crystal decanters. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's uh, this is actually one I keep in my portfolio because, to your point, because it looks so planned and elaborate. Yeah, yes. Yet it was a complete, total accident. Just hap- I don't know why they abandoned happy accidents, it. Huh? I have no idea. Um, I noticed later it was gone, so I assume either they came back or someone ran off of the picnic, I guess. But that's the story. Um, just a, a great model to work with. And uh, now this one, I mentioned earlier uh, the the waterfall. Yes. Uh, this is one from the, the same shoot. Yes. Obviously, this time in the water. And this is uh, the story behind this. And again, for those of you who can't see it, um, it's a woman in a, uh, a red bikini. She's got a uh, kind of a, a green uh, clover, I guess it is. That's yes. a, a, a tattoo. Fantastic blue eyes. Um, she's pale skin with uh, black hair. And she's actually in a uh, very soft waterfall. And... This is, it's by no means her first shoot, but the, the the story, as I understand it, behind this is that she had really gotten into uh, physical development mm-hmm. in working out and so on. And this was one of her kind of, a, for lack of a better way to say, it's kind of like her one of her victory shots. Yes. And um, just a fantastic model. She's very natural in front of the camera. And again, th- this is also, I think, an example, and it comes obviously down to style, but this is where... The model's idea, in my experience, almost always trumps any idea that I'm going to have. Completely her idea. Mm-hmm. She goes, what if I got in the waterfall and I just started posing? And this is actually very close. I mean, I'm probably six feet away from her. Right. Uh, very unusual in a waterfall shot, for those of you who haven't shot waterfalls. Oh, so yes. It's pretty, pretty rare you're going to be that close. Um, but it was in this exact section. I mean, any other section wouldn't work, but this really gentle flowing water, you could get away with it. So um, this is, what if I, she just goes, what if I get in there? I said, let's find out. And it was completely her idea to do it. Now, the way I composed this, uh, and again, this was all edited, not, well, the finishing was not in camera, but the, the uh, I mentioned earlier, I like shooting the odd angle and right. creating angles that, because if you just take, and for those of you who can see it, obviously, it'll make a lot better sense. Um, but what I've done is I've angled it maybe five degrees or so uh, leaning towards the right. Right. I yes. just thought that the leading line in that made it better because obviously water would, of course, be in that exact straight mm-hmm. line falling down. I just found it, again, personal taste. I thought the angle made it a little different. Plus, I'll tell you how I arrived at that angle. She has obviously, uh, for those of you again who can see this, she has fantastic blue eyes, like laser blue eyes. Right, and yes. those are, re- that's actually her eyes, by the way. Her eyes really do that. So obviously, when I'm working with a model that has that kind of an attribute, I want to bring it out. And the way that I shoot, for again, good, bad, or indifferent, I tend to think in a tic-tac-toe pattern on the screen. Mm-hmm. And then I like to put focal points of interest on any of those intersections. Yes. It could be all four or one or whatever. In this case, I drew her eyes so that they were on the top right intersection. So that's how I arrived at the uh, the framing and the angle. And then it just draws the viewer directly up into the eyes. And then they can explore from there. And you add a little, we mentioned earlier, a little bit of vignette. You throw that in and yeah. kind of shade some light mm-hmm. around. And yes. that's, how the, that's how the photo happened. And photography, as as we know, is is all about angles. Mm-hmm. 
It, it, yeah, it's part to me. There's a lot of things. It's a part of the magic of photography is that that exact moment where the light corresponds with what the model wanted mm -hmm. to uh, convey, and the lens agreed. It has to be that 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 wonderful combination where that all happens. And, uh, and again, in this instance, to have you know model with that kind of an eye is just you know it's brilliant. It's, right, uh, great. It's, uh, it's that uh, we mentioned it. Uh, I know. I think in the in the last episode we do we mentioned it too. It's that synergy. Yes. And you can't yeah. fake that in my no, experience. No, no. It's either there yeah. or it is not. Right. But if it is, that's when you're going to get those portfolio shots. And it's pretty you cool. You've got some great images there, Tim. Thank, Thank you, you for showing them. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. You have shot in the uh, Miami market. Mm -hmm. You've shot in the Minneapolis market. Yeah. You've shot here in the international market. In your opinion, what are some mistakes that we photographers are making? Oh, wow. That's such a, you know, I've never been asked that. That's such a, a great question, though. Um, okay. This is completely <laughs> off the cuff, but I'll, yes, I'll, I'm going <laughs> to give you a, that's all right. People can just write hateful stuff underneath the thing. <laughs> I don't care. I've been hated on before. Um, I think one of the mistakes that photographers make is creating templates in post-production. Okay. Okay. I, I, I have to disagree with you guys now by the way with one caveat i know that in wedding photography you've got to get a lot of photos done fast yes i totally get creating macros for that that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about working with models and be very clear for people that well he's just denigrating and no that's not my point i view each image as it's as an, an entity unto right. itself right right and that's why I don't use templates. I want each thing. It, it might be minute, but there will be something that's unique to every one of the photos that I work on. And the, so why, why do I care about templates? Because a template guarantees that you're just going to hit go. Literally, in Photoshop, there's a red button, and you just go, go, actually, it's an arrow. And, and it just create you know, whatever macro you told it to do, it'll just do that to that image. Uh, with computer precision. And then you go to the next one, you do it again, and you do it again, and so on and so on. And I think the same thing happens, in my experience, since you asked, uh, <laughs> yes. for guys that always shoot in the same studio. Because once you've got that light set up, and you drew that X, you know who you are, you, you draw that X it. on the floor. That's right. You don't want to Okay, <laughs> no one touch anything ever. <laughs> and you know what? For that one shoot, I'll bet it looked fantastic. Right. You nailed it. You had the perfect backlighting, and it don't touch anything. And then you brought in another model, and that model was different. She was taller or shorter, had a different dress on, a different attitude. She was doing, uh, I don't, doesn't matter. She's doing boudoir. She was doing, that, that doesn't matter. The point is, it wasn't the other model. It wasn't the same, but you kept the same lighting and the same X on the floor and the same everything else. So now you're creating the same technical capture, but the attitude and the model is very different. So if I had a, a direct answer to a direct question, I, I think that the number one mistake, and I can't, not numerical, but the mistakes that photographers make are getting into the same habits. And to your point, which I love that you bring this up, is, is not thinking outside the box, but actually creating a box and then getting inside your own box and just living in it. Yes, yes. And I would say... Uh, if you want to freshen things up is that uh, don't don't go with your templates right. um, 
try shooting more organically. And, and I understand some building like a, who are you to tell us? And I agree with you, but I, I, I will say this, um, if you'll try that, you're going to start, even with happy accidents, you're going to, I never thought of that before. <laughs> and it's like when, like when I throw filters at stuff and I, I'm in post, I mean, I will pick, like, I could be doing the most elegant portrait uh, as an example, and then I'll go to grunge filters. Yes. Because what if, what if that did one magic thing on one part of that photo? Mm-hmm. You don't know, and it, what, it's going to cost you 30 seconds? Try it. And all of a sudden you go, I never thought of that. But it 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 added this flavor, this spice. And and um, so I, I, I don't know if that's exactly why you, or what you were asking me. Yeah. But yeah, yes. I would say well, that, yeah. that, that um, I, I think. Um, let's see, what other? Uh, now, real quick. Yeah. What advice would you give? The model that has been in the business, say six months. On that premise, I'm going to assume that you've you've already gone through, and maybe not. Uh, you know, some basic posing and kind of maturing with that. I'm, I'm going to throw some little caveats out there. With that in mind, if you've been in it six months, I think you should look at who you've been shooting with. Um, obviously, if you've had bad experiences, then I'm, let's just put those aside because. I'm going to assume that you were smart enough to not do that again and look at other shooters and it won't be hard. You can look at them on, uh, I promise you just do a search Nashville photographer on, on Facebook and a kajillion pages are going to show up and it's all mm-hmm. free to you once you're on Facebook and not, and I'm by no means pro Facebook guy, but come on. I mean, you can go look for free, right? Start, right. Looking at other shooters, and I keep saying guys. I mean, there's some great girl shooters out yes, there. there so, uh, let's, you know, I, when I say guys, think of it as the more generic. I'm not trying to ignore female shooters, which right. are wonderful, um, and they actually bring a great attitude. That, uh, which is the point that you know, a guy shooter isn't going to have, and vice versa. My point is, find some shooters you haven't worked with yet. It's real simple, and if you'll just reach out to them. And say, I like your work. Would you be interested in doing something with me? You're going to find that a lot of these shooters are going to be really positive. And they're going to they're gonna take a look. I'm assuming, in six, as you mentioned, uh, six months in, you've got some kind of portfolio. Should have. Now, you know, we, yes. can, we can, you know, parse how good it is one way or the other. But you've got something. And they can look at what you've done. And they can say, why don't we get together? And have you thought of this? We could try that. And you know what? After you, you've talked a couple times, maybe they're not your shooter. That's okay. But you, you, I would say, to direct answer to your question, if you're six months in, um, let's shake up your portfolio a little bit. You know, let's augment it. Let's try something you haven't tried before. Try pushing your boundaries a little bit. You know, I'm not saying do something you're absolutely uncomfortable with or whatever, but there's no reason that you can't, when you're ready, Get out there and let find a photographer that you really can trust to deliver. Yes. Now I know that that's a, a you know that's a, that's easier said than done, but when you have a photographer that you form that that as you talk about with the chemistry, you got that synergy going. Give that guy or girl another call and say, I've got an idea or I've always wanted to try this. And all of a sudden you'll find if you'll just start looking at new shooters and then going at the same time back to the ones that you've had great results with, but with fresh ideas, you know, don't replicate what you've already done. You know why? Because you've already done it. 
Right, right. You know, you don't need more of that. What you need is something that's fresh and different. And uh, as you can probably tell, if nothing else, I tend to be kind of anti-template. And, you know, I'll give you a real practical reason. You know, besides, you know, doing something fresh for yourself and being interesting, your portfolio, once you start taking that, be it to an agency or to whomever you're going to work mm-hmm. with, and you, and you want to ask for money now. Right. The one that's going to grab the attention is the one that's going to get passed around in that boardroom or it's going to get passed to the decision maker. Right. Right. If you've got just the generic stuff, you know you know who else does? Every other model that sent their portfolio to. Everybody else is same you shot, know, yes. Set yourself apart. Now, exactly. again, I know that's easy to throw out, and you've got to arrive at what does that mean on your own. So back to your simple question that I've horribly belabored, just um, – <laughs> Uh, just uh, try try some new shooters, some new ideas. Yes. And I think you'll be, you know, obviously, wisely, but you're going to be very happy with the result. Tim, real quick, tell our, our listeners and our viewers how they can contact you. I would love to hear from you guys. If, and, and by the way, uh, TFP or Trade for Print, I am very open to doing it. I can't guarantee that always to also be clear because, I, you know, I – do this. But if you would like to work with me, reach me. Um, I am Tim Temple on Facebook. You can reach me via Temple Imagery on Facebook as well or on Instagram. And straight up email, which is probably the easiest for me actually, is info, I-N-F-O, info at templeimagery.com. And uh, you can check out my landscape work at templeimagery.com. If you'd like to see some of my model portfolio work, um, hit me up. And uh, let's talk about the kind of shoot that you're after. And then I can show you some work that I assuming I've done it um, in the vein. And then you can see if we're a fit. But I'd love to hear from you. So that's how to do it. Great, Tim. And ladies, I can just tell you by listening to him, viewing his work, you would not go wrong in, in hiring this photographer to do your portfolio work. Tim is an awesome guy. Highly recommend him. I appreciate that, man. Thank TM, you very thank much. you for being my guest here my on, pleasure. on this podcast. It has been it has been just so enjoyable just sitting here talking to you. I would love to do it again. I anytime. anytime. I love I love your podcast, man. Seriously, thank I you do so very much. I, anytime. Thank you so very much. And, and to the listeners and the watchers out there, thank you for listening to this episode of the Model Connection. A goodbye and good night. Mm-hmm.